0: so yeah i've been I've been outbidded due to my own negligence. i I forgot about the auctions and and missed out on <laughs> on a few cards I was going for. I, I've been trying to put together a full set of the dark, just one of each card to put in a trade binder and be able to just pour through it in in its order and and just look at all the cards. I think that's amazing. Uh, It's, for some reason, ever since I, uh, like, got into, I guess, the collection side of Magic as opposed to just playing, this set has just always struck a chord with me. There's just something about the idea of of the theme of the set, which is, like, the evil side of what all of the colours in Magic do. For example, with white, it's in any basic set, it's always, ah, oh, the the pure, the strong, we work together, righteous and stuff. But then the fact that they've explored this thematic evil side where it's like, oh, maybe some, like, crazy cult-organized religion sort of thing or, uh, you know, uh, coercive control <laughs> sort of thing. Mm. Is, uh, and, and that aspect of, of the that take on the colours to me is just so interesting. And I got to say, the art style for all of these cards in the dark is just everything I want out of Magic. It's that, like, perfect mix of, like, some really well-drawn kind of realistic stuff. And then you've got, like, the Drew Tucker watercolour, super impressionistic, like, just getting the vibe of it. And then you also have these, like completely insane janky drawings mind bomb <laughs> like mind bomb exactly like literally oh, yeah. a brain bomb <laughs> <laughs> just uh every single box is just gets ticked for me with this set and and luckily almost all of the cards in terms of the game are just unplayable trash so it's not <laughs> that expensive to to put the full collection together but bar a couple of cards but um yeah so so the the one that i missed out on on this auction um i i should say as well part of of getting the collection together i'm i've put the rule down that i'm not just gonna jump onto card kingdom or whatever and, and just buy the cards for for me mm-hmm. the enjoyment is finding them and and trading for them and all, all that kind of stuff yeah, so so this this card that I missed out on, Martyr's Cry, uh, it's so for 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 those at home listening, the artwork is basically of some poor guy being burnt at the stake in in front of what looks to be like a church building with this sort of eerie uh, symbol on on the side, kind of lit up, and just this card in particular. Oh, I, I I don't know what it is, but uh, and this is pretty dark. But the whole concept of being burnt at the stake to me is one of those like morbid fascinations where it's just like oh, I get stuck in in just the emotive uh like intensity of the whole idea, and and um I've all, I've been very drawn to uh movies like joan of arc and stuff like that because of of that sort of intensity but yeah and so this picture is just exactly that happening and it's called martyr's cry and it's a white card and it's just so evil everything about it is so evil and i just love that so much
1: can you tell me the flavor text off the top of your head
0: that i can't off the top of my head but I can off the top of my eyes, which are currently looking at the car. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It is only fitting that one such as I should die in pursuit of knowledge. From Bourbon on the Elder. Yeah, yeah. uh, Just sick. Uh, Have you ever played Witcher 3, Mike? I I have not. I've never been a video gamer. Uh, Like, there's been points in time in my life where I've played video games, but... Uh, It's generally just like one particular game I'll sort of binge it for a little bit And then
1: Yeah, I think most people who have played it Would most certainly put it up there With Skyrim as one of the greatest games of all time Uh, And I just ask Because there's a lot of uh, burning at the stake That happens in that game (laughs) Similarly to what you said uh, It it can be extremely emotionally affecting If you really kind of look at it past face value And think oh, my God, like, this really happened? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The the pure Uh, And it just opens up a whole can of worms. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, uh, That was really moving for me in that game. So, Uh, yeah, definitely get where you're coming from.
0: Yeah, so I was was bummed about missing that one because to me that kind of, like, encapsulates... The reason why I'm so fascinated, like morbidly fascinated, with this set.
1: <laughs> mm. It's also got sorrows, sorrow's path, which we've decided is a podcast favourite. <laughs>
0: uh, exactly. I mean, that's another. How can you? How can you turn down sorrow's path? That's just, yeah, a big... just, <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> just looking at this whole thing. I was like, ah, this card's from the dark, is it? This card, Blood Moon. That's the dark. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and what's more evil than blood mooning your opponents? Your I know, I know, yeah. Because <laughs> all of those cards, like, I never know what set they actually come from. I just play them, you know, because they're optimal to do whatever effect that they're trying to do uh, and never have really paid yep. attention to sets, so it's cool to see when you go through one.
0: And and just even stuff like uh, Elves of the Deep Shadow, right? Like, on surface value, you look at the card and you're just like, okay, cool, it's a mana dork that, you know, Deals of damage but then when you think about the theme of the set it's like no no no. this is like the evil version of lanawha elves that's right it, it it's just lanawha elves but instead it like is corrupted giving you dark mana and it's like you have to pay a blood price for it or something right like ah oh, it's just so evocative sure. I, I love it yeah.
1: like a double agent that's cool man i like it can't wait to see it once you've got it all together
0: yeah, it's, it's getting there. Th- thanks to uh, uh, Faction All-Star Hoodie. He's he's hooked me up with a, a few cards, actually. So
1: Oh, that's very cool.
2: That's been good. Nice. On that note, welcome to the Faction Podcast. We've got four of us here today, so you've heard from Dan and Swanee, and Trent and I have been sitting in the background listening to this as well.
3: I said one word. <laughs> that's true.
2: That's true. I chuckled a couple times. So.
3: I tried to I tried to derail it, but it didn't work. <laughs> Nothing's derailing that. <laughs> the passion the, the passion of the uh, of the dark was, was too strong for the, the homer yelling at the nerds passing by going <laughs> to school.
0: It it struck a chord deep inside, and that's what you really want, is, is for the nerds to be uh impacted on it like, on a
2: personal level. <laughs>
3: Well, you clearly weren't too too impassioned. So
2: that's what well, that's what Mike's been up to this week. This week we have well, I've planned something special. I've been playing this for a couple of weeks, so we're just gonna jump right in. Frankly, um, unless any of you have other interesting stories to tell us about your bidding habits or
1: no, jump right in. Let's go. Give it to us.
2: All right. So what we're doing this week is. A brewing challenge which I have blatantly ripped from another podcast. Um, because I don't know if you've noticed, but we do that a lot on this podcast. <laughs> we we take good ideas that other people have had and then we make them slightly worse by doing them ourselves. <laughs> yes.
3: Depends who's on the podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is from a Canadian Highlander podcast called North One Hundred, just fitting seeing as we become more and more an Australian or seven point Highlander podcast. Um, The way it works is I'm going to give you a set of three cards. And each of you has to describe to me a deck idea for for 7-point Highlander built around those cards. So I want to know the general deck idea, some of the key cards, rough points. If you don't have all 7 points, that's okay. How the cards fit in, colors, that sort of thing. that set of three cards, and they have to be different tech ideas, and then I'm going to pick my favourite from each round, and keep school. duly. There's no line except for Pride
4: okay. and Bragging
2: <laughs> So, actually, you know what? I'm going to, we're, we're going to, I'm going to let you have some choice in this. So, um, who's, who's I was going to ask you to work out who's going first. I've just decided, Trent, you're first, then Swanee, <laughs> then Dan, for this first round, and we'll rotate.
0: Actually, you're going to have some choice in this. Trent, <laughs> it's you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, So what I was going to say was, so Trent, pick a colour. A magic colour, obviously. Uh, brown. Okay, pick one of the five colours of... <laughs>
3: Come on, man. You said I mean, we're a seven point highlight no. of podcasts. People <laughs> no. are so offended by that. Sorry. No, I'm
2: not offended. I'm disappointed that I didn't see that coming. You
3: were turning you were talking about burning at the stake, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> uh alright. Uh
2: green. green. I would have put good money on Trent picking green.
4: <laughs>
2: okay, so your three cards are Willowgeist, Elvish Reclaimer, and Sylvan Scry. So I'm going to read those cards out for the listeners while you guys have a think. So Willowgeist, single green for a Treefolk Spirit. It is a 1-1 one, one with Trample. Whenever one or more cards leave your graveyard, put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on Willowgeist. And when Willowgeist dies, you gain life equal to its power. So that's the first card. Second card is Elvish Reclaimer, single green for a 1-2 Elf Warrior. It gets plus 2, plus 2, as long as there are three or more land cards in your graveyard. And it has an ability where you pay 2 mana, tap it, Sack a land. Search your library for a land card. Put it onto the battlefield tapped. Then sur- then shuffle your library. And finally, Sylvan crying, One and a green for a Search your library for a land card. Reveal it and put it into your hand. Then shuffle your library.
0: And so, are we using all three of these cards in a single That's deck, correct. or is, is you it- must
2: incorporate okay. all three cards into one deck? So usually there'll be some amount of synergy in them. Some of these piles are more synergistic, and some of them are less synergistic. some of them are a bit more generic. Hopefully, well <laughs> multiple deck ideas, some of them will not be good. <laughs> I'm pretty glad
3: that I, I don't know if I think I, I think this one's a little narrow. I don't know if I'll get it hundred percent correct, but it feels like a pretty narrow bunch of cards potentially. I think my my brain immediately goes to uh the strip mine wasteland red and six package with silt with silver scrying and alvish reclaimer mm-hmm. um so that means it's green red you could also add white for maybe knight of the reliquary uh caracas mm-hmm. um, i don't know how many points that is that's one two three for the three for the lands 4 4 including Caracas, 5 for red and 6. Uh let me drag it's... out let me have a quick look.
2: So I think you're at 6 points then at the moment. Strip waste. Again, if you don't have all seven points, that's fine. You know, rough I yeah, Rough idea. Just, so so just sort of like a Nia uh, lands thing. Really What's
3: like Naya, um, God, what do they call it? Um Oh, come on, Trent. What do they call it in Legacy? Um, Maverick. Like a Naya Maverick deck. Like, that is just, oh, that sure. is just yeah, trying to uh, yep, treat, yep. Out the, treat out the powerful lands. You could potentially have the Thespian um, Stage, or the Thespian Stage and Dark Depths is a little little hard on the mana. You could potentially do that. Um, you could potentially maybe mm-hmm. go with Urza's Saga as well, because Urza's Saga is obviously a very good card to be paired with silver scribing and elvish reclammer yeah. and then like i said uh red and six and I'm trying to think of other ways that you can help with willow geist it just come
2: to my mind that was gonna maybe, be my question maybe
3: the seventh point could be uh death row charman to help a little bit with willow guys sure. um
2: yeah nice
3: nothing or you Sounds can do, you actually go play rotation. is crop rotation a point yeah, you because could play. Or you point, could play yes. crop, right? So maybe you could just not play okay. Caracas and play the Deathrite.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering here. Though all, with right. all this one-one counter stuff, has anyone considered? I don't know how many points he is. What four or five? Grumgully, um, the Generous. Could, could, could. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, Dan. <laughs> <It's... Okay.
2: laughs> don't, right. don't. You can. grumgully it spoil up,
1: your maybe. Idea, Dan. Yeah. Waste all my points on Grumgully. Is,
2: is Mike up next? Because you're, you're in trouble. You're in the hard spot. you got to keep your cards close to yeah. your chest.
1: Don't spoil it. No, no. <laughs> Believe me when I say that just being last isn't what puts me in the hard spot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> when your mind goes to Grumgully when you see Willow Geist. Yeah, I think if that's the case, you're actually not going to struggle to find something the other two didn't think of. Swanee, what have you come up with? So,
0: I mean... It's, it's interesting because Trent's gone and shotgunned all of the lands cards. So, points-wise, when you're dealing with green, it doesn't give you a huge amount yeah. left to
2: work with. I should clarify, you can have some overlap. Like, there can be a little bit... I just don't want you to come out and be like, I'm going to play green-red lands, or I'm going to play teamer lands. Like
0: Yeah. So, the, the obvious Elvish Reclaimer, Sylvan Scrying crossover thing the first thing I thought of was dark depths, but then that doesn't really do anything with, with Willow Geist to any satisfactory level, really apart from just occasionally getting some value from it. So I guess then the, the thing that comes to mind is uh, the idea of dumping as many cards into your graveyard as possible and then trying to remove them uh in in some kind of way to grow the willow geist and also it helps the reclaimer go and so i thought how does that work with lands and then i guess the obvious point there is bizarre of baghdad mm. so essentially playing a dredge deck so you get to use golgari grave troll which also uh has a plus one, plus one counter thing going on. Uh, so that might let... Uh, I'm not super familiar with uh, green cards, but I'm sure there are a plenty of uh, kind of just like adding plus one, plus one counters or doubling them up or, or whatever that kind of works there. Um, and then I guess if you were going down the the whole dredge plan, you'd want life from the loam mm-hmm. uh, and... I mean, again, this is where it gets difficult for green cards because you really kind of run out of points.
2: You are free to branch into other colors, though.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, like, because then you want to default to just Wasteland and, and Strip and and that sort of thing.
2: That's. I'm going to say you're welcome to use Waste and Strip. I think Bizarre and plus one plus one counters is enough of a deck. Yeah,
0: yeah that's it. the thing that comes, comes to my mind with, with the whole drive of it.
2: All right. So we've got some sort of bizarre and plus one, plus one counter sec from Swanee.
1: This is the worst,
2: Dan, what I have you come I didn't even up? realize this is how
1: we're playing. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll get some different cards. And I'm like, wait, I have to do these ones? Um, I don't know. Play KCI, bunch of things that can just infinitely recur from the graveyard. Get a million points, have infinite <laughs> life, and I don't know. <laughs> play... Um, what else can we play? This green creatures so you can play so in your kci deck what are we doing
2: with did you just think did you just think that because you were talking to ian you would get
3: points by saying his favorite card (laughs) yeah exactly and then mash it with the deck that you're playing at the moment
2: i mean not gonna lie you know that's i'm the judge i'm not impartial and um he should be disqualified the judge is perfectly loud Walk me through in your KCI deck what each of these cards does. Oh,
1: I can't even do that because I don't play KCI. What are the two ones that it's like the 3 2 and the 3 3 that keep getting each other back? Scrapyard, Recombiner. And... No,
2: no, no. But the three cards I've given you. So what does Elvish Reclaimer do in your KCI deck?
1: Okay. Um, Elvish Reclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, big paps. What were, you, what were you
2: doing during this period if not bringing up the cards to look at them?
1: Oh, just listening to you guys enjoying the ideas. I don't know. I guess Elvish Reclaimer. I could sack it to Natural Order and go get progenitors. You, you
3: were that kid at school. You were that kid at school that just be staring at the fucking ceiling while everyone
0: else is doing
1: the oral presentation.
3: Yeah. And then it's like, Dan, you're up. It's like,
1: okay.
3: oh, what are we doing? Again? I mean. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, these are just, I mean, I just, these are not cards that I would ever play. I mean, S- Sylvan Library, yeah. yes. Oh, yeah, we've got Sylvan Scrying. Sylvan Sylvan Scrying. Was oh, the... scrying. All right, Dan, oh, no, I'm going to put you no, your misery and no. just disqualify from this round.
2: Um, oh, no. You know, that's the most disappointing <laughs> part of this was you sent KCI, and I thought, you know what? Willowgeist, once you set up those loops as a kill condition, with... Whenever a card leaves your graveyard, you put a counter on it. And it has trample, so it's it's a kill condition.
1: It's yeah, that's that's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, that, that, S- that t- is what I was so. saying. Yeah, and and also exactly. infinite life.
2: And then you know what? I tried to lead you down the path. I really tried. I was like, "What do you do with Eldritch Crawler in your KCI deck?" And you didn't say, "Go find Telerian Academy and Sylvan Scrying."
1: Okay, yeah, you could probably, I guess. Well, I didn't get that far down reading the card. I just saw the two and was like, oh, it's just a creature. <laughs> I'm so all right, so at magic. we're going to. C- can Dan, I be I'm like, gonna, the I'm going to the next round?
2: I did read all the cards out <laughs> in full.
1: Sure.
2: <laughs> you're welcome. If you want to build a flavor deck and pitch me a flavor deck, uh, you're welcome. Like, please.
1: Yes. Um,
2: In terms of the... Both, I, I'll be honest, Trent has taken the more obvious route. Um, I did like Swanee's... Trent
0: definitely made the So I'm going to give the point to Trent.
3: I feel like, like strength. I said though, I, I don't think, you know, with two minutes of thinking... I think that there's only like one thing that this this blatantly points to. Yeah, and it, and it's the strongest, you know, within two minutes.
0: Yeah, and like, and this if you isn't go something first, that you get to just say that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and it's
3: and I'm like I didn't think I couldn't think of anything else that that came with no. it. I actually thought of Sylvan Scrying for with Urza Saga and Talarian, uh, Talarian Academy, but it's just like, why would you fucking do that when you have Elvish Reclaimer and Sylvan Scrying? Anyway, it doesn't
1: matter. Makes sense. Moving on. That's fair. Ah, uh,
2: I also want to clarify. I'm not necessarily looking for the strongest deck. There are definitely Subjective. points for me going. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's you sweet. got a chance, Pat, All right.
1: Okay.
0: For for a little bit of uh, flavor follow up, whilst mm-hmm. um whilst you were mercifully, mercifully, merc mercy mercil- mercilessly. Who? mercilessly yeah yeah papak's right wow i don't think i've ever said that word out loud before (laughs) in my life (laughs) while you were destroying papak with uh with the feedback for his idea i did think that uh green blue might be an interesting thing to use uh uro and other cards that are sort of, like, putting more lands into play. And so using that with fetch lands and then escaping them and stuff could be a way to, like, put those three cards together.
3: Slowgurk, maybe?
0: Yeah, something like that.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: For what it's worth. For what it's worth, don't think Uro and Slowgurk are very good friends. <laughs> I
2: think they're arch, arch nemesis. All right. Uh, so points to Trent for that first round. So now we'll we'll shuffle around. So Trent will be third and Swanee's first, which means Swanee, you get to pick a colour other than green and also... Uh,
0: let's go with... Let's go with another hard one. Let's go white. <laughs>
2: I, it's interesting that you think that one is the well. Hard-
0: I think it's the hardest to come up with a novel idea after the first person has taken the the obvious route. It's like like white and green are the two colors. I think that you probably struggle to like make powerful decks with.
1: You, you know what you need to do, Ian, is you need to say, and it should sure. not have like um, Stoneforge in it or something like that. You know what I mean? Otherwise you just go, well I'll have the Stoneforge package in there and then I'll also have, you know, all of the
3: These cards well these cards these cards that Ian says might not have anything to do with Stoneforge but though. But it's yeah. white and yeah. it's Highlander. Yeah. <laughs> that
4: doesn't mean that doesn't <laughs> it's not, mean it's not how it works.
2: <laughs> No. No, I do think I do think you're allowed to have over... Like I'm not gonna give you a blue pile and be like But only the <laughs> yeah. first person gets to have cantrips. Yeah. No oh, yeah. ponders for two yeah, or exactly. three.
3: No brainstorms allowed. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Alright. So, the white pile is Flicker Wisp, Sun Titan, and Savine's Reclamation. So, to quickly read out those cards Flicker Wisp is one white white for an elemental. It's a 3 1 with flying. When it enters the battlefield, you exile another tar- target permanent and then return that permanent to the battlefield at the beginning of the next end step sun titan is four white white for a six six giant with vigilance and when enters the battlefield or attack with mana value three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield and savine's reclamation is two and a white return target permanent with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield it has flashback for four and a white and if you cast it from your graveyard you get to copy it
0: so the first thing that comes to my mind with this is obviously abusing etb and then because things have to be in your graveyard, uh, leaves the battlefield triggers as well. Um, and so I really like some kind of recurring nightmare uh, build with this. Obviously, that's quite, quite slow. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, get, getting to play, like, a whole bunch of colors and getting creatures that you can abuse that whole thing of them going backwards and forwards between the graveyard and being able to use a Sun Titan and uh, Savine's Reclamation as sort of like extra recurring nightmares as well.
2: Mm-hmm. So what what sort of ETVs and Leaves playabilities are we looking at?
0: Well, I kind of like the idea of making a fairly toolbox deck. Uh, and so if you have creatures like Spellseeker, uh, Imperial Recruiter, Recruiter of the Guard, that you can take advantage of flickering and doing that over and over again with Sun Titan or whatever uh, to tutor up other creatures that may or may only have one use, like a Night of Autumn or a... Um, uh, what's the... Flame tongue, Kabu, baby. Flame tongue, Yeah, flame tongue, uh Just, just all sorts of stuff like that to try and toolbox your way into whatever situation you happen to be playing against. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of where my mind goes. So about. that's
2: three colors I've heard so far. No, four actually. No, you had Night of Autumn as well.
0: Yeah, I would, I would probably go just all, all five colors because that's just the kind of guy that I am. <laughs> <laughs>
3: And complain about not having red. <laughs> yeah,
0: hundred <laughs> percent. I, I would. I would play a five-color deck and whinge that I don't have two red to cast my Flame Tongue <laughs> on turn two. <laughs> double, double red into yeah. double white flicker
4: wisp.
2: Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I, I stand by it. Five-color flicker and recurring nightmare. I love the recurring
4: nightmare in that deck. Actually,
1: Trent, what have you come up with? No, i do not know. Oh, you're right. Thank you. Dan, my, my apologies, Dan. Where did you come from? <laughs> I mean, so the obvious like thing that I'm not hearing there is uh, it seems like Ephemerate works incredibly well with all of these cards. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to do something like that is good. Um, Stoneforge package, oddly, does seem like it would be really good here because you can flicker your Stoneforge or Ephemerate it to get another equipment. Equipment that goes into the bin can be taken out with Savine's uh, reclamation if needed if that was ever good uh, and same with sun titan yep. um that also uh being in i mean you're quite strong white So i don't know about like five colors seems crazy to me but you could certainly <laughs> add i don't know it feels like you could add blue for free um i don't know why i mean i guess just for things like cantrips and to build the consistency of the deck um Mm -hmm. being in such a strong white deck uh, obviously opens you up to all of the best removal um, path swords all of that kind of stuff caracas is almost a free roll other than that it takes a card i'm probably getting a soul ring and putting it in this deck because cards like sun titan have a very high casting cost Mm -hmm. um yeah that's
2: yep no that's a good idea Uh, i like this idea so a little bit more not refined, what's, restrained is the word I'm looking for then No stick. doubt, no <laughs> doubt, yeah Really <Reeling laughs> keeping it two colours to play like good blue cards essentially Yeah, and let's be honest, we,
1: we want to win a game every now and then So that's probably what we'll be doing, yeah <laughs> What What's that
0: word you used before a game, <laughs> honestly? <laughs> win <laughs>
2: Okay, uh, and then finally Trent, what's your idea? So, as, as soon as you said Flicker
3: Wisp and Sun Titan, my mind went to like Trent Clark, GP Melbourne 2012, that had both of these cards in his deck. I was playing like a blue white mid range control with like cryptic commands and stuff hmm. like that. Um, and it's like Wall of Omens, Flicker Wisp, Restoration Angel. And then from there, I kind of went. Um, similar to what Papak said, where it's like blue, white with like a Thelmerite and Spellseeker, trying to make, um, like just trying to make this good little value package, having Sun Titan at the top end for like stuff, but like I don't know if that's actually like the what the stuff was kind of like val like low value range orientated, and that didn't really interest me. And what I ended up was like. Similar to what Pavak said, but again, kind of going back to Urza Saga and being more artifact centric mm-hmm. with uh, Flicker Wisp and Savine's reclamation and trying to abuse Flicker Wisp on an instant speed basis. I'm not, I haven't figured out the word as to how I would do that. Like, obviously, Restoration Angel came to play, Ephemerate came to play, and you can abuse them with um, a bunch of good. Uh, White creatures to start with that have ETBs. So, like your Skyclave Vaporushin, your Palace Jailer, your Resto Angel. Blade um, I didn't think of Blade Splicer, but it's like not bad. I don't really. I kind of think Blade Splicer is complete <laughs> dog shit. So I'm not a huge wow. fan of it. But it, it kind of works with the artifact theme, which is nice. Um, and then. Unfortunately, I know, Savines can't get back Saga, which sucks.
2: But uh,
0: actually, it can absolutely return can. target permanent card. Permanent. Yeah.
2: Oh, it doesn't have to have a mount, doesn't have to converted have a mana? mana cost three or less. Lands have CMC one, zero. Oh, uh,
3: okay. Yeah, okay. Well, there you go. So yeah,
2: Urza Saga definitely having a Sol
3: Ring in this deck, um, and actually similar to. So if you think about the the, the if you were to think about the like the blue white uh, deck that I'm like playing around with in Highlander at the moment. But, like, taking out a couple of the more Artifact, like, the, the Nettle Sist and stuff like that, and just being more white value-orientated, like I said, with, like, uh, Skyclave, Palace Jailer, and then having, like, this, this Artifact-centric, like, backup plan. You could have the, again, you could have the Stoneforge package in that because that it synergizes well with the Urza Saga and the Artifacts. And then, yeah, just using Sun Titan as, like, a hose for, um, you know, a six-matter card that gets back. Your extremely powerful Sun Titan, or uh, your Soul Ring, or what have you.
2: Right. Okay.
0: I mean, I'm not seeing much. Like, yeah, you've you've got you've got these these blue white ideas, but just imagine an intuition pile of recurring nightmare, Savine's reclamation, and like any creature that you wish, the glory. Yeah, but you don't
3: (laughs) you don't have you don't have black mana or blue mana.
2: Or red mana. You've missed something. <laughs> hmm. Okay. So, I actually I like Dan's idea. I think it's not quite fully as fully formed as the other two ideas. Swanee's idea is, God, I love recurring nightmare. That's that's a sweet card. I do wish you'd reined it in a little bit and not built a five color deck because I tend to agree with Trent that I'm, <laughs> I'm skeptical of your ability to cast all your spells. Especially when two of the cards I gave you a double white. Yeah, you, do, you just see...
0: You, you have a white focus
2: and then you splash
0: four colours, right?
2: <laughs> so I think what I'm saying is Trent wins this round. Um, for Savine's reclamation getting back... Hang on
1: a second, Ian. ring, blue-white, cantrips, yeah, equipment is, is package, like artefacts... Trent is wearing the same to dance deck, isn't it? I said it first! <laughs> this is like my one chance to win a point. <laughs> no, take take the
2: point. Yeah, no, no, you're like, right. You're right. All right, Dan's point.
1: <laughs> yes. I <laughs> retire. I retire.
2: <laughs> Trent said Trent Trent told me I could Savine's reclamation and Urza's saga, you know, and I just that was that was exciting.
1: I said Caracas. <laughs> he didn't say that. Yeah. I
2: I, I wouldn't have Caracas. It's you've got points elsewhere. Like a- <laughs> one of the things I took issue with your your pitch, Dan, was you said Caracas is a free roll except it takes a card in your deck. And I feel like you skipped the very important part of it also costing one of your seven points.
1: Oh, did I say it takes a card in your deck? I Sorry, I meant to say it takes one of your points. Yeah, Right. But it's, you know, it's free roll mana wise. Like, it works perfectly. Yes, it is. So that that is true. Right.
2: Um, right. So after that, Trent one point, Dan one point is the current score. Dan, you're first now. Yeah, what colour it. would you like? Which of which of the remaining colours would you like?
1: Hit me with black so I can just add mine, twists and be done with it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright.
2: So, the black cards are... Giza. G- Giza? Giza. Glorious Resurrector. This is a new Innistrad card. Oh, Giza. G- Giza, yeah. Alright. How, how do you spell that? G-I-S-A. Glorious Resurrector. Interesting. Thought Thoughtseize. And I've written "Innocent Blood" here. Is that? it? I mean, that's a lovely card. I do like that one. Is that that is the card I'm thinking of, right? It didn't come up in Scryfall. Well. Yeah, the, the it's one cost.
1: Yeah. Yeah, sack both player players sack a
2: card, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Uh... Okay, so to quickly run you through those cards. "Innocent Blood" is a single black for sorcery. Each player sacks a creature. Thoughtseize. Is single black for a sorcery, target player reveals a hand, you pick a card and they discard it, and you lose two life. And the new card, Giza Glorious Resurrector, two black black for a human wizard, legendary, human wizard four four. If a creature an opponent controls would die, you exile it instead. And at the beginning of your upkeep, you put all creature cards exiled with Giza onto the battlefield under your control and they gain decayed. So they can't block, and when they attack, you sacrifice them at the end of combat. Um
1: okay, so um when I look at like Thory's innocent blood, I'm probably immediately from the outset just having cards like him to turak mm-hmm. um possibly mind twist um just because it's good um maybe that would mean something like a soul ring again i I know I've said it before, maybe a soul ring maybe a Mox jet to help pay for Gisa uh. Because four mana is no joke for a four-four that doesn't yet do anything and can just immediately be killed before you can do anything with it. Um, so I'm probably wanting to power that out with something like a soul ring. Um, how? So if an, if a creature opponent controls a die instead and then you kind of it's like yeah, it's a bit like a. Is that like similar to like the living end effect? That's kind of similar to what that almost does, except it brings them back as decayed zombies and so you only get one attack so you would really want to make sure it was worth i don't
2: think you're thinking of living in living End is just swap the graveyard with the battlefield. yeah with
1: the battlefield that's right yeah but yeah
2: effectively whenever your opponent's creatures die you get to reanimate them with a little bit of a delay and they have decayed
1: yeah interesting um so, yeah so probably some way to <laughs> is this like it's I'm probably taking that one card and going to all in on that card, but I want to put something on her that makes her indestructible. Um, I can't off the top of my head think of a very cheap way to do it. There must be a one-mana artifact or zero-mana artifact that just gives a permanent... Well, one mana, probably, gives a permanent indestructible, so I'd want to get that equipped to her um, and fill my uh, deck with Wraths and ways to oh, yeah. interact with their creatures um, because I feel like it's got to be large-scale. If you're not going big with that like if you're not exile it, well putting into the graveyard and exiling a lot of their creatures probably getting them back as two two uh decayed zombies is not amazing like if you get three back you're doing six damage and they'll just die well they don't come back as tutus they come
2: back as the creature that oh, they were but decayed, they have decayed so, okay, so if you sure, attack with yeah. them they get sacrificed and you can't block but the, other I than agree. that they are the same as the creature.
1: Okay, so potentially could do some big stuff, um but i, I still would want toxic deluge probably <laughs> some kind of damnation effect. How many colors is this deck? Oh just black i, I don't see any re- yeah I don't see any reason to add other colors I mean you're adding white because you get good exile, but you don't really need it when they're getting exiled anyway um, and you this way you might even run something like a really crappy um but cheap um, Wrath-like Bontu's Last Reckoning because you don't need that next turn. Like, if everything's dead and then you can swing in with everything the turn after that, maybe it, it doesn't matter that your lands stay tapped. Um, mm-hmm. Just just think, trying to think efficiently is all. Um, but, yeah, fill it up. Thoughts, easy, okay. position, the whole bit. Yeah, I want to be destroying their hand with him to Turak. I want to be, uh, yeah, uh, sure. making them sacrifice their creatures, not overloading myself with creatures.
2: I don't think so. okay so I'm hearing basically like a mono black control with heavy on sweepers and discard
1: yeah another way to do it again would be to add just add blue because blue gives you <laughs> counter spells and things that can help to slow down that game mm-hmm. um, and give you a chance to again like if your game plan is getting this down like uh, there's so many steps there that this is obviously not the way it's just too slow you can't go play a four four for four, four then equip it with something else, then also have a damnation or a, or, or a wrath effect in my hand. Like there's way too many things that you're trying to do in a Highlander game. You'll never get to pull that off. Um, like three big things in a row like that. Um, so there might be sure. multiple ways you could kind of, um, you know, gear her up to be indestructible or somehow fade the, the removal. But I think uh, blue would help you to slow it down and just add that consistency. Um, I'm not sure if there's a creature. Tu- uh, he could probably put in some something like actually demonic tutor in this deck. Um, it could mm-hmm. potentially help you get where you need to be, and is uh, obviously extremely easy to cast anyway, being black. So something like that, because I feel like there's some kind of combo here um, with mass creature removal. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Cool. That's a cool idea. Up
2: next, Trent is second this
3: round. What have you got, Trent? So, my first thought with this card was to be black-red and be abusing cards like Nantuko Husk and things of that nature where you can steal your opponent's creatures and then, like, like threaten effects, mm-hmm. uh, Ooh, taking nice. taking their cards, using them, and then sacrificing them and getting the Gissa trigger mm. to bring them back, and, and then maybe having something like Mayhem Devil or other things that benefit from sacrificing um, cards like Bone Splinters, things of that nature. I'm not, like, super knowledgeable in that kind of deck, but I could see, um, like, some kind of good Threaten... Well, I don't know if there is good Threatens, but if there is some kind of Threaten effect to go with, like, Zulaport, yeah. uh, an Nantuko, Husk, like, you could... And then the other side of it was, like, being just, like... It reminds me of aristocrats from like 2000 and I want to say t- 2013 with Tom mm. Martell at at the PT where they were playing um, like a blood artist, Zulpot, Cutthroat, and just Doom Traveller and a bunch of uh, like Tragic Slips yep. and stuff, and just using like shitters uh, to as like like the Bone spinners Tragic Slip, uh, that kind of like mm-hmm. point removal. And then having Gisser as like a sideboard option for that deck. So you're kinda of like a low to the ground, black, white, mid range kind of uh kind of like a sewer deck that has is a bit more in on the token strategy. And your points for that could be like clamp to abuse like Bitter Blossom and Room yep. Traveler. And then having like Gisser as a top end against creature decks too, you know, obviously like bone spoon their guy, get it back on your turn mm. and, you know you're playing against, like, Uro or shit like that, and you're just getting a lot of advantage because they can't deal with a 4-4, or, or they can't deal with... the. the sure, self. sure.
2: Sounds good. Red, black, aristocrats with a sort of Steel and Sack theme.
3: Yeah, you could uh, like you could even be, like, some kind of Mardu variant. Yeah. I don't know, but that were the two things that came
2: It's like every core set red, black draft archetype, but turned up to 11.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. That's exactly what I thought. I actually thought of... Uh, my ex-favorite mag- professional magic player Yu Watanabe he did a, dra- a feature draft at a uh, core set. I want to say it was Corset Set Origins, and there was a card in there. I can't remember the name of it, but it was like four mana two three with renowned, and when it entered, you could like you threaten a creature. Oh. And it was it wasn't great. I, I maybe be misread, mis misremembered or something, but it's something similar to that. And I just remember by the end of pack one. It wasn't a high pick, but he was in red, and he just had four of them. And he had this massive smile on his face at the end of the pack one, because he was like, my deck is nuts. <laughs> and the, I, I don't know why I got that, but that was where, where my mind went when I sit when I read Jisa. Yeah. And like, Thoughtseize is like, whatever. It's extremely boring. It is. And Innocent Blood kind of goes with the the black-white shit. Yeah.
2: The sewer, the yep. sewer stuff. Yep. I think you're thinking of enthralling Victor, four-minus. 3-2, E2B, gain control of a creature with power 2 or less. This is the dude with absolutely incredible abs. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, that's right. And he's got, like, something... Is it, like, a goblin or something or a woman or something, like, admiring? Yeah, there's, like, a goblin artwork? in the
2: foreground, like, looking up at him in awe. Yeah. yeah, there you go.
3: Yeah, that card. So, yeah, he had, like, four of them at the end of the first, the first pack of the draft. He was just, like, couldn't hide his smile and it was hilarious.
2: That's incredible. <laughs> All right. Swanee, what have you got for us? So,
0: I I was a little uh, surprised by Thoughtseize. I thought, they, I initially thought the same as Trent. Like, yeah, whatever, that's just a good black card that you put in every black deck. But then Innocent Blood got me thinking, well, hang on a second, there's a different aspect to Thoughtseize, and that's the idea of trading one for one, and Innocent Blood kind of suggests at breaking that and then Gissa kind of looks like a way to take advantage of trading one for one. So I kind of just went all the way down that rabbit hole. And so I'm going to play at least one Moxen, Mox Jet, but maybe two Moxen have the uh, uh, Emerald as well. Mox Diamond. I just want to get as many permanents on the battlefield as possible. And then, depending on what happens with the Mox and like a Life from the Loam or an Exploration or Fast Bond or, or whatever to make that work. And then play cards that kind of like recursively shit out little creatures. So, like Grist, Bitter Blossom, a Ophiomancer, that sort of thing. And then, now hear me out, <laughs> to then start playing like a. <laughs> A stacks deck on top of that. So you play like the abyss. You play braids. You play smoke stacks. You play Liliana of the Veil. You play. <laughs> uh, I think there's like a Stop green mine. black Braska <laughs> as well. And and the idea is is that you use targeted discard point removal and maybe even sweepers to kind of like keep keep and, and stuff like assassins trophy abrupt decay stuff that's like fairly broad so you can kind of keep the board under your control and then when you've powered out mana and you can slam something like the abyss or braids and innocent blood your opponent then has to start sacking their creatures which your Gisser can then break to tie it over to your side you get their creatures back if GIS is the only creature you have you can just sack their creature to your abyss or whatever uh, and, yeah, you just break the symmetry in a really slow and totally competitively unplayable way like that. <laughs>
1: I love that. Wow. I love okay. both your... men. both your deck ideas are sick. That was awesome.
2: So, okay. Let's start from the top. Um, really like Dan's... I actually like Dan's deck idea. I think that's a really interesting idea. And I like, like, sweepers plus just Gizzer. The one thing I'd say is your deck does sound slightly like a commander deck.
1: 100%. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I, just, I looked up the equipments, and, um, if I'm, unless I'm reading this wrong, the cheapest way to give a creature indestructible is Darksteel Plate, which costs three and equips for two. Like, I am living in ridiculous Magic Christmas Land with that plan. <laughs> that somehow I'm going to get that many turns to set that up is just ridiculous.
2: But I did like the idea of my black controller sweeper, so no bad idea. It didn't win this round. And then we get the other two ideas.
1: Both so good.
2: They're both very good. Yeah. I'm going to give it to Swanee for two reasons. Firstly, I think I what. Well, firstly, you you said the abyss, and that's that's just sweet. I I do think Trent's deck <laughs> is probably more powerful. I'm getting a bit sick of all these fucking pandering. I was going to say, it seems like you just <laughs> name a card that
1: Ian loves, and you get like halfway there. Uh,
2: not a card that I love. I I I. Mostly, I'll be honest, I'm looking for things I hadn't thought of and that are interesting and pique my interest. Mm-hmm. And I would never have thought of the Abyss, so...
0: <laughs> most most, <laughs> most magic players are the same. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Swanny wakes up in the, yeah, in the Abyss. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm just like waiting. Which creature will I destroy this morning?
2: <laughs> just the idea of also using, using Giza and, like, like with something like braids, and they sack a creature, and you get the creature back, and then sack that creature to the braid to braids trigger in your turn again.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I thought <laughs> of. <laughs> that's <laughs> beautiful. That's just pure magic. As long magic. as you get
3: the ATP, that's all that matters. <laughs> that's it. That's sick until they don't play a creature. <laughs> it's like, yeah, ah, well, you fuck. know,
0: that's fine. You can, uh, that, well, see if they don't play the, the creature, then you know, Braids
2: is going to make them sack their lands and stuff, and that's fine. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) That was, yeah, no, no, no. Swanee wins that one. That was fantastic. So, one all. Round number four is we're going to do red. Unintentionally, I've ended up with five monocolor ones, so we're going to do them. So we've got red. So the cards in this one are Faithless Looting, Moonveil Regent, and Smouldering Egg. So Faithless Looting is a red sorcery for a single red, draw two cards and discard two cards, and has flashback for two and a red. The other two cards are from Innistrad Midnight Hunt, so they're newer cards. So Moonvale Regent is three and a red for a 4-4 four four, four dragon with flying. Whenever you cast a spell, you may discard your hand. If you do, draw a card for each of that spell's colors. And when it dies, it deals X damage to any target where X is the number of colors among permanents you control. And Smouldering Egg is 1 and a red for a 0-4 Dragon Egg, with Defender. And whenever you cast an Instant or Sorcery spell, you put a number of Ember counters on it, equal to the amount of mana spent to cast the spell. And then if it has 7 or more counters, you flip it. And then it is Ashmouth Dragon, which is a 4-4 Dragon with Flying. Whenever you cast an Instant or Sorcery, it deals 2 damage to any target. So, we're back to the start. So Trent, you are first.
3: I hate this. I hate this one. Because it's just like... The spike in me is just like... Literally blue-red spells... That has made a mistake and put fair <laughs> looting. <and blue-bound laughs> <red spells laughs> as, as their like win conditioning <laughs> card draw. And like that's, that is that's not the answer that I want to give. But that is like where my head goes when I look at these cards. Because that that's just the spike mm-hmm. in me, right? Like I want to... See, so that's a problem. I'm not a. I'm not a. I'm. I'm also not like, a, like a com. Like this. There's probably a combo here that I'm not, like thinking about. But yeah, I just say, like delve spells, mm-hmm. like, like like um, dig through time to like help with smoldering egg. Move our regent to like filter your hand and, and work as like a dragon's. Well, no, because it discards all your, your all your cards. So maybe there's something that works with, like. Just turbo-delve spells, but then you're, like, super cold in sideboard games. Uh, I like Smouldering Egg. I think Smouldering Egg's a sweet card. But it's, again, you you have to be,
2: like, spells matter. Otherwise, it's an 0 mm-hmm. I want to clarify one sort of judge question about Smouldering Egg, which is that if you cast a delve spell, you only get counters equal to the mana you spent to cast it. So you don't get any yeah, yeah, counters. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, that's right.
3: But, like the dove spells work with the cheap spells so like you you know your cantrips and all that bullshit lead up to casting your more powerful spells and whilst it'll only take two counters off if you use or one for treasure cruise or whatever then you're you, you know you've, you've still mm-hmm. effectively got like four or five yeah, counters sure. off it. so that's kind of like where i'm where my mind goes to and i'm kind of disappointed in that answer because i feel like this is like Faithless Looting is a card. is a card that I don't, I haven't, um, like investigated and played with. I've only ever played against it and complained when people don't want to play against <laughs> me. So, and yeah, like Moonvale Regent is just like a four-four dragon that has, um, a bit of cycling card draw attached to it. So that just works with your delve spells, like your Snapcaster, yep. and and like it's some graveyard payoffs with sure. spells. And that's fine, you know?
0: I think you're you're definitely at a disadvantage going first for this one, because you kinda have to shoot from the hip and obviously like blue red spells is like that's that's of course the thing that's gonna come to your mind. Like
3: I mean I just I, I just watched um Yuda is it Yuda Takahashi? Yes. Yeah, it wasn't I was thinking Kentaro, but it wasn't yeah. Yuda just destroy the field with smoldering egg and I've been just dis- Drawing people with blue red spells in in Instrad's limited format with Smoldering, yeah. So it's just like and Moonvale region in the same
2: deck. So it's like I can't get past mm-hmm. that because that's the deck that works with those cards. Yeah, I think that's totally fine. Look, not every deck we come up with is going to be the abyss plus braids. You know, I mean, you could put a bit <laughs> braids in this deck. Really <laughs> so we got blue red spells from Trent Swanee. You're up next. So,
0: I guess, I guess. I kind of tied on to um, Moonvale a little, mm-hmm. a bit more. Uh, latched yeah. on, I should
2: say. That doesn't surprise me. The one that counts number of colours, Swanny, saw that? It was like yeah. five colours?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that I mean, that was the first thing that came to mind. But then this second line of text, uh, colours my permissive controls, yeah, that, that uh, does kind of help in that regard. But then it's like, Try to figure out how to take advantage of everything else that's going on. So, discarding your hand uh, and then and then drawing more, and then this smoldering egg that wants you to play a bunch of spells, faithless looting's putting stuff into the graveyard, discarding your hand, putting graveyard. Some synergy there. The first thing that actually came to my mind was the Grixis Psychotog decks from standard of yesterday,
1: <laughs> where. <laughs>
0: your plan is to use cards like fact or fiction to stock your graveyard and your graveyard being stocked helps power up your finisher as well uh and and faithless looting helps with that moon veil helps with that as well uh and then i guess being at least three colors helps you play some spells that'll kind of like get back through that so really what i'm getting uh from this is you're you're forced into playing a lot of instant and sorcery spells uh otherwise smoldering egg does literally nothing and so i guess the idea of uh cantrips and then uh, graveyard adjacent card draw like fact or fiction or um thought scour stuff like that uh to help you find a finisher a la psychotog and uh, you know off the top of my head i don't really i'm sure there's a commander card that's been printed that does that job better but yeah just just that kind of idea of like playing counter spells playing black removal spells red removal spells and weird Grixis card draw (laughs) stuff to stock the graveyard, control the board, and then have a big finisher like the smouldering Ed flipping or like your Psychotog equivalent. Mm -hmm. That's what what comes to my mind.
2: Fair enough. And finally, Dan, what have you got? I...
1: These <clears throat> these kind of decks are so not what I play that I literally am looking at these cards. Like I just don't know. I guess I would play maybe mono red um, because well, maybe not mono red. Maybe like if it's like kind of similar like what Trent said. Like is it spells um, with yeah just loads of ways to stock for massive delve threats. I'm I'm literally just gonna r- repeat what Trent said because when I see cards like Faithless Looting, that's all I can think of. Like phoenixes stuff like that. Um, things that just want you to have a big graveyard um, and cast a lot of spells. The only thing I'd add is just when Trent, when you said that um, you were like, I look at it as a spike and then I was like, aha, like that part of my brain is what sees the faithless looting. And, and I'm like, that's to me a very spiky card. But then you were like, and I don't know why there's a faithless looting. Isn't faithless looting to me, that seems like it's such a busted card. Isn't it so good?
3: It's a, it's a, it's a Timmy card,
1: but like it's such a staple of decks like Reanimator and stuff, where you want to be filling your your graveyard. And this spiky Reanimator decks aren't there. Well, see, yeah, it, in the right deck, it
0: literally reads draw four cards.
1: Yeah, and, or even in like a blue red spells deck, though it like if you've got things like Phoenixes and stuff, you want to be discarding this. You, there's a lot of cards you want in your bin.
0: Um, oh, you know you know the card that is kind of nice with this is uh, what's it called? Demi Lich? I mean it's all it's mono it's mono blue, so it doesn't synergize well with Moonvale Regent, but the idea of like it that can be in your graveyard and it wants you to cast spells.
1: Yeah, yep. I guess yeah
0: it's pretty good. Arclight Phoenix, yep, that sort of the
3: thing. Kind of thing- just modern Arclight Phoenix.
1: Basically, yeah, but 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 yeah. with, with the advantage of in Highlander, you do get access to things, um, I don't know, or like things that typically can hurt your opponent really bad, like price of progress, but you also get um, uh, like the mocks and stuff like that to help you power this stuff out. So it could potentially be built in a way that would seem to be more powerful. You'd certainly get more powerful draws than you'd ever get in the modern version
2: interesting it's it's interesting to see how your brains work in similar ways but not quite the same they're like a little bit divergent yes because these, these are three fairly similar decks and I think for that reason I'm actually going to give it to Trent because I so I actually like the Phoenix idea um that Dan sort of ended up in but I do think it's it is in the same way that we gave Dan a point earlier um this phoenix idea is derivative of blue red spells exactly and also swanny suggested half of the cards in your deck yep yep exactly (laughs) (laughs) um and i think Trent i think trend out on the head blue red spells is the very obvious place to go with this and and the one that jumps out uh other niche things that i thought maybe people would say would be like uh madu pyromancer style decks um or also, I was secretly hoping someone would say Dragonstorm or like a Song of Creation or something stupid like that. Yeah, I thought it of, is a dragon I, thought egg. of <laughs> I thought of like Goblin Trenches.
3: <laughs> I don't know how you make Goblin Trenches work.
0: Interesting.
2: Yeah. No,
3: I don't know. That's,
2: that's too far for me. Something
0: that I find interesting about the three decks is that Trent. Seems to have looked at smoldering egg, and been like, "I'll build the best smoldering egg." Where faithless looting and moonvale are kind of B grade cards. I looked at moonvale, and the other two cards are sort of just like, "Yeah, okay, I guess they're they're in that deck." And and parpar has clearly looked at faithless looting and been like, "I guess I have to play these other two cards." In my deck as well
1: It is, yeah That's so interesting, dude Yeah, that what you said is exactly right That exactly happened Wow Yeah Huh Interesting Faithless Looting is a great card I love it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking it at a picture is, of it, it now easy. Remembering all those times I'm like Just need a Faithless Looting in that opener Uh-huh <laughs> can't,
3: I can't stand can <laughs> well, It's not in almost any of my games oh. It just never, it just, it was never up to any good. Like, no. it just, I don't think it ever oh, incited yeah. good two player games.
0: Do, do you think Dan's ever up to any good? <laughs> like, yeah, I
3: don't. Well, think so. no, I, that's, but I'm just like, as I've said many, many times to people that know me, like, I just don't, I don't, uh, prescribe, like, I don't. Subscribe to that kind of magic. Yeah. yeah, So when I see faith, like when faithless, like when they insist faithless, looting, it's like roll well, my fucking eyes because I'm like ah, oh, it's everything that.
1: I yeah, because there's no value in it, right? Like you draw two, but you discard it and two other cards, so it's like you're down a card.
3: No, it's it, it's. Oh, I mean, I'm not going to repeat myself. It's, it's definitely it, it. That is part of it, but it's it's just that the person casting faithless looting in the matchup is not there to play against their opponent. They're they're there to <laughs> yeah. play by yeah. themselves.
1: Yeah. No, but that's that's what I'm saying is that. Is that when you look at it you can see because you like value so much and you like things that recur and can do things and have board presence and stuff like that, and it ticks none of those boxes.
3: Yeah, I just like
2: playing against my opponent. I do think it is generally up to no good.
1: The one exception I'd say would
2: be like the Mardu Pyromancer decks that existed in modern for a bit, and we're just trying to like discard lingering souls and like Yeah, it's pretty bad.
0: It's it's amazing how much that deck needed four copies of exactly faithless looting to exist and and it's the same reason why you can't really build that deck in highlander like any any madu pyromancer deck in highlander is really just madu mid-range that like Happens to be playing a copy of Faithless Looting yeah,
3: that made made a mistake. And, yeah, like yeah, and submitted fifty not rocked up to their LGS with fifty nine cards, and, yeah, and yeah. Faithless Looting was the one on the That's
1: right yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You walk through the yeah. door, and one man stood before you, Jared Goodwin, and he had for you exactly <laughs> one Faithless Looting. <laughs> oh.
2: All right, so that leaves us with the blue pile. The blue pile is Phantasmal Image. I love this already. Glasspool Mimic and Sakashima's Student. Oh, I'm so happy with this selection of cards. <laughs> yeah, because these are these are some niche cards. So Phantasmal Image is one in a blue for an illusion. It's a zero, 0 and you can have it enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature, except it's also an illusion and it gains whenever it becomes the target of a spell or ability, you sacrifice it. Glasspool Mimic is two and a blue for a shapeshifter rogue. It enters the battlefield as a copy of a creature you control, except it's a shapeshifter rogue in addition to its types. Uh, and on the backside, you can also just play it as a tapped land that adds blue. And Sakashima's Student, you might be able to guess this one, 2 blue blue for a human ninja. You can have it enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature on the battlefield, except it's also a ninja. And it has ninjutsu for 1 and a blue, so you can return an un- unblocked attacker you control to your hand and pay 1 and a blue to put it into play, tapped and attacking. So there's basically three clones here. Swanee, you were up first. Well, look,
0: I'm just gonna jump right down the the rabbit hole. Uh, I'm I, I just got to look up the card I'm thinking of here. I uh, will get there in a second. Maybe maybe you guys can help. It's a blue green. Creature, right. so there, there's a blue green creature, and I'm pretty sure it's an advisor. Where if you start your upkeep <laughs> with four or more
1: copies of that creature, you win. The, you <laughs> oh, win the man. game. Oh, love that. Oh, this guy. Um... You sound like you're trying to describe it to a judge when you've just played pitting Needle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh what is it called? Uh I'll I'll
0: just I'll just have a, another quick look.
2: It is called Biovisionary. So it is one Bio blue green you have for Bio a human v- wizard, two, three. At the beginning of the oh, end step, yeah, if you control out. four or more creatures named Biovisionary, you win the game.
0: Ah, at the beginning of your end step, that's even that's, better. You don't even works. have to let your opponent untap. So I would find <laughs> I would find every single clone that I could and then just like it's some uh creature tutors and then I would just use all blue points on counter spells to try and protect try and protect the combo
2: oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> oh. that's a high bar you've set with with the first deck submission. Yeah, there's
1: no chance I'm going after to that.
2: <laughs> the <laughs> idea of playing Bio Visionary, a card that specifically calls out having four or more copies of it in Highlander is just
0: it's a deck going for style points and not for not for grace, but put it
1: that way.
2: <laughs> you heard it here first. We've 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 heard what Swanny will be playing this coming weekend.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Break it out. Jesus. All right, Dan, you're next. Uh, this um, this particular style of play, cloning, I I mean, when I'm looking at these cards, like obviously Glasspool Mimic is only Zendikar Rising, um, but this style of clone type playing, it's just not something I've ever done, so I don't know what the win cons are. All I can think of is like, and, and I just so rarely see a deck that does that, unless it's like someone's like janky edh deck or something where they're like you know it's everything's clones each other or maybe there's really good versions of, i think sagashima of a thousand phases has some really good CEDH decks but i don't know so i just don't like maybe you play creatures that have awesome ETBs or something and then i <laughs> you play yarok to double those and then these come in and get double good etb triggers or something i don't know yeah <laughs> there you go
2: so Yarok ETB <laughs> triggers. Yeah, with you could clones. have
1: Panharmonicon in there, you could have Yarok. Um are any of these wizards or no they're not, or shamans, so you can't play harmonic prodigy as well. And just try and get a load of yeah, ETB triggers and double and triple them up or something. And clone big good stuff.
2: Alright. That's I like the dream. It's a big dream. It's not as big as Swanny's dream, but it's <laughs> It's a good dream, yes. Trent. What are you doing? So, I am
3: actually a massive fan of cloning uh, effects. I Phantasmal Image is uh, a card that I have played with and tried to brew with a lot, and I really, really, really like that card. I think it's extremely powerful. It's tough in Highlander, but it doesn't really like forego its power level. I think it's it's pretty insane. I think that. The first thing that I went to was an old standard deck that uh, I used to play and I used to love, and it was uh, Solar Flare. The Solar Flare, for people that don't know, was a deck that was, it was an Esper deck that was trying to play like a controlling, like a mid-range controlling style deck that was using uh, the card Forbidden Alchemy to put car- and and other cards. I actually think it was just Forbidden Alchemy in that deck. To put cards from its deck into its graveyard, namely Phantasmal Image, and uh, I actually think it was just Phantasmal Image in, in the um, in the standard format, but I believe Glass Ball Mimic works perfectly with it as well. And then trying to resolve a Sun Titan. Mm. So what you do is you would resolve a Sun Titan, target the Phantasmal Image, Phantasmal Image enters the Sun Titan, and then you do that for X amount, where X is the amount of Ph- Phantasmal Images that you have in the graveyard. So you just create like this insane board presence and then the cards it had like Grave Titan and like Gideon, I want to say it was the five mana Gideon. So something along those lines, like I really like the idea of, of pairing Sun Titan with Phantasm Limit and Glasspool Mimic because they work really well together.
0: Hmm. Oh, I've just had a brainwave. <laughs> Sorry. Go, go on, Trent. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. So
3: I thought you were done. <laughs> it's <was> my turn. <laughs> you done? Yeah, you are finished. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go for oh yeah. Very good. Um, Sakashima's student is kind of like a stick out because it's obviously four mana. It doesn't work with that. You could use clever impersonator, which is like a four mana for I believe it's a permanent that your opponent uh, permanents on the battlefield. That may be wrong. It might be non land, but no, it can definitely do. um,
2: planeswalkers and stuff. I think it might be non yeah, land. Yeah. Because I don't think it it is a non land. Yeah. You can't copy
3: Dark with it. But my issue with like my deck is with the solar flare part, it's like obviously trying to be controlling and Phantom Image doesn't really have much else to target. So you need to be playing like more value. So it's interesting that I actually went back to the similar thought I had with uh the Savines reclamation and the white cards, because obviously we're talking about Sun Titan and then making it uh, into potentially an Urza Saga deck that that can play maybe like a Stoneforge package as well as some kind of like blue-white uh, deck that has the the Sun Titan Solar Flare backup package, and then having like Phantasmal Image and Glasspool Mimic. Maybe just be able to copy like, I don't know, big artifacts from Urza Saga or... Um, yeah, that was kind of the part, like you could play like Skyclave Apparitions skyclave Apparition works really well with Sun Titan. works really well with glass pool mimic works pretty well with phantasmal image so maybe there's something that you could do in that that vein
2: that is very interesting definitely interesting also to note that they're bl- all blue so they pitch to forces
3: yeah the uh, yeah the other point was like the points which would be probably the forces and then similar to what we had in the white deck which you know you could play like maybe like Jite with with the Stoneforge package and then maybe like some powerful blue. So it's like, Mana Drain's really good with Sun Titan.
2: Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. This deck also makes me want to play the new Faithless Looting, Faithful Mending. You can play Faithful and like, Mending, on yeah. And Rites, Reanimate, that sort of thing.
3: Yeah, you can play on burial Rites. I used to play on burial Rites. That's a good point. I used to play one to two copies
2: depending on the meta. Mm, okay. So to recap, we have what is biovisionary deck?
1: Wait, what was the what was the Wave that you had? Did it change your deck?
2: Oh yeah, actually yeah. Please, it won't count for your submission. But no, please.
0: no, no, no. See, it's a, it's a whole it's a whole different idea, and and it was just like a little moment of excitement that <laughs> that's awesome. I was just like sitting in the background, and I just like had a had a I noticed that they're all zero zero creatures, and that happens to work with Vesperlark and Revlark. Oh nice. And so, uh, yeah, there's got to be something in there that you can do to chain
3: a bunch of shit together. My other thought was uh, acidic slime and progenitor mimic.
1: Oh. <laughs> mm. What is progenitor? Mimic Oh yeah.
3: Do? Uh, it's like I think it's it's four blue green and it enters as a copy of of a creature you control, and then it's either at the beginning of your end step or the beginning of your like beginning your upkeep. You 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 make a you make a copy of itself again.
4: Hmm.
1: That's sick. So if you were
3: to mimic enters as acidic slime,
2: get him again, upkeep again, get him again. Yeah, that's cool.
1: (laughs) That's sick. (laughs) Wow. All right. Uh, Is anyone going to play any of these decks on the weekend?
3: I like the scent. Of the yeah. One. yeah. I like acid I like acidic slide. Yeah. Big fan. Yeah.
2: Uh you can play the pure recruiter. Hello. So Trent takes the point on that last one as well. Although Swanee's deck yes. was God, I wanna see you win with Bio Visionary. Uh, there were some really sweet decks that come out of this on a on a scale of playability, I think. Um it's like it's <laughs> That's it's a nice you know, way of The graph it. has two axes. It has sweetness and playability. Um, Swanee tended to score quite high on one of those axes and less high on the other one. And Trent was the other way around. I'll be honest.
1: <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. I think anyone could have said that though. Like that was obviously going to be the outcome.
2: <laughs> I am actually really excited to build this solar flare deck with like like a. A bit of a reanimator package, a bit of... <laughs> I really want a Vespa Lark now. <laughs> I really want a Vespa Lark, a body double.
0: I mean, that's yeah, just that's living nice the one. dream, isn't it?
2: That's a nice one. Mm.
3: Dude, just... Oh, my God. You've, you've really... You've really fucked me for this weekend. <laughs> I goddamn love a Sun like, <laughs> It is... You know, like, there's, everyone has their Titan, like, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone has their Titan. You're either, like, a Primeval Titan player or a Grave Titan player or a Sun Titan. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, there are, actually, there are some Inferno Titan players out there. (laughs) God bless them.
2: Poor Misguided Souls.
3: But Sun Titan, for me, was a hell of a good time. Like, I used to play that, like, before Modern was, you know, the Modern that we know and, you know, arguably love. (laughs) and I used to play that as just a six drop win condition in my fucking modern deck it was like it was either Elspeth Suns Champion as the one mana six drop the one six drop you could play or Sun type Mm -hmm. Sun type was really good because you could play Ghost Quarter and that
1: was like a good card in the format that's cool man why did you why did you do this to me why (laughs) did you do this because in Highland I mean if he's just going to be like a one of in your deck anyway he'll still be just as likely to turn up yeah that's sick do it Let's go test some games. Big, big sunnies. Yeah, big sunnies. Big twisties
3: <laughs> and big sunnies. We some yeah. games. <laughs> big big sunnies. You
1: know the other thing that I want to do with that?
2: Is I want to play a Garuda. Just like like main deck Garuda. Oh yeah. Garuda, so Gyaruda is the Demir companion, so four and then a Demir, Demir hybrid. Um it has a companion where you can companion it if your deck has only even mana costs, which we're not gonna do. It's a six-six. So same as Sun Titan when it enters the battlefield, each player mills four, and then you can put a creature with an even converted mana cost from among them into play. So you can put Sun Titan, you can put Sakashima's Student, you can put Phantasmal Image, you can put Restoration Angel, and Flicker the Guy You can like, Damn.
1: Mm. yeah, that's crazy.
3: We need, we need we need to stop. Yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> 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 I need to go. <laughs> so speaking of Trent, you mentioned. Um, there's going to ruin you for this week. What what have we got coming up next week? Uh, we have a Highlander
3: tournament. Uh, it's this Saturday. I believe it's the same time as it was a couple of weeks ago. That might be incorrect, actually, as I haven't read the announcement myself. But it will be, uh, be running by plenty of games. And I believe that Joel Gibbons will be running this tournament. And Jimbo, as always, will be um, assisting and doing commentary. I believe he's also asking for people for um, submissions of interest for commentary between rounds. So if people are interested in that, if you're not playing or if you are playing and you suck at magic, you can get in on the later rounds to for some (laughs) commentary. That would help us immensely. Fantastic. And I believe it is a null rod for first prize. It is, yes.
2: It is a no road for first. Which
3: is uh, very awesome because uh, it is a card that every Highlander player should probably have in their arsenal.
0: Yeah, perfect uh, prize for a Highlander tournament.
1: Yeah, that's awesome.
2: And I know it's it's funny you say that. Personally, I was I was locked on that Jesko artifact deck, but now I think I'm going to waste time building Solar Flare. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll be right there with no, you maybe no. sir.
1: i just need to win this thing so that i can take a null rod off someone who might use it against me. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. that's correct i'm gonna win it and then like tear the
2: null rod in half so that no one can play it like
1: that's right yeah the, the less null rods kicking around
2: <laughs> it's interesting right so i just thought of this sorry i didn't mean to cut you off it
3: um Talking about faithless looting and it's like man it's such a such a degenerate card It's so boring Because it just like Does things unfairly From the graveyard And then I'm so fucking hyped For the 6 mana 6-6 yeah. six, six, That gets a 3 drop back From your graveyard and you put it into play for, Like fairly Like you battle to get there And you're like Yeah I get all this fucking value From the graveyard Fuck you It's so funny Oh
2: dude yeah uh, Let's go brew Big sunnies
1: Big twisties Biomancer <laughs>
2: Well, thank you all three of you for hanging out with me this week and brewing some decks. Absolute delight! Been a pleasure. Wonderful. This has been the Faction Podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening, and we'll be back next week. Bye, Kyle.